0: Hello world, the German book office of the Frankfurter Buchmesse, the world's largest and most important trade fair for publishing, is pleased to present a brand new show capturing the trends in the creative industries. I'm Prashasti Rastogi. Welcome to our first episode of Global Local Talks. This podcast series features leaders making an impact in the creative sector. Today, we will talk about how animation is evolving through the lens of one of India's finest creative animators, Charuvi Agarwal. Welcome to the show, Charuvi. Thanks, Prashasti. So let's find out from Charuvi on how she sees the industry as an insider. Charuvi, you come from the world of superheroes, from the world of Dishum, Pow Wow, and the wonderful stories that we grew up in. How an idea is developed? As a creative process, the
1: idea it starts from the genesis of a script. The idea becomes the script, the script becomes a storyboard, the storyboard becomes an animatic, and henceforward, we create character designs, environments. It's a huge, laborious process. What really plays a very crucial role in any storytelling is the story and the beauty of the characters, the character arc, the story arc. So that's what really matters, even in my uh, profession. So it goes for any filmmaking, whether it's animation or live filmmaking, it all, everything boils down to what the story is.
0: I'm glad you say that because uh, the other thing that comes to the mind is when the work that comes your way is somebody else's story. It is a best-selling novel or a script that has come your way and you have been given the task of bringing it to life visually. So how is it different from creating something on your own?
1: In this scenario, Prashasti, client or it could be a novel, a graphic novel perhaps. So when there's a story which is coming to us, then of course the approach becomes completely different. Uh, What you do is you take That particular story, there's already a script laid out, but then you comprehend it from the animation's perspective. The way you start looking at the story becomes very different, what your target audience is. And you bring the creative process through those through that particular lens. But in the other aspect, when it's a client pitch, you know, most of the time what happens is they are not sure what the story has to be. So for example, if it's the story of Mahatma Gandhi, over there, the brief would primarily be, let's talk about his messages. And the brief would kind of end right over there. Of course, you are provided with a lot of documents, a lot of research papers. So it's up to the artist, us as a filmmaker, that we'll go through all the research as to what his personality was, what are the messages and how beautifully can we portray that in the form of a story. And what my stakeholders are, who my audience is. So if it's for a museum or it's for theatre, for example, but... Accordingly, I'll start staggering my content as per who's looking at my content. So if it's for a museum, then the content is more for youngsters and family. But if it's for a theater or for the ministry, perhaps to play, then the stakeholders are very different. The target audience is very different. Also, what platform the content is made for. So same thing applies even for a book. I mean, what is the platform? Is it, is it going to be an interactive app or is it going to be, um, a film for uh, theatre, what exactly is the platform and who my target audience is. Everything boils down to that.
0: That sounds like a huge body of work with lot of other talents involved. And this must require a big team. And that brings me to a thought that Ed Catmull, one of the pioneers from Pixar, had said, you get creative people, you bet big on them. You give them enormous levy and support and you provide them with an environment in which they can get honest feedback from everyone. How easy or difficult is it to find the right people and build creative dreams that can create the magic that you just talked about?
1: I would say that's more like a meditation because you literally wait to find the right people or you start inculcating or training them, incubating them, in fact. So in my studio, what we do is If we find a resource, we start putting them under our own umbrella, our own system of training modules, and we start polishing them, whether it's tool or creatively. So it's a long process, and that's how we are able to achieve whatever we are wanting to focus at, which is high quality, creative content, which is unique. So once you get the team, the training comes in, you start making them understand what your process is, because every studio has a different pipeline. So in our case, the pipeline is very different. So we make them understand what the pipeline is, the way I work, the the way I would want them to work. Because end of the day, we as a studio, we are not really tool operators. We want whosoever is joining the studio needs to be an artist. So even if they have some sort of light hint of creativity the idea would be to start polishing it right away so and at the same time what we do is we filter them out so there are levels of tests that they have to go through it's more like a screening process so once they are screened and we know what level they are at and that's where the training starts happening as per them so it's customized as per the artist's talent and credibility
0: That sounds like a complete re-engineering after the engineering that happens in animation schools. One thing that comes up quite uh, often these days is whenever there are creative teams, there's conflict. And the younger people you hire, the conflict management gets a little messy. Um, How is your experience?
1: A studio is driven by those creative people. And in our case, what happens is we divide, we have departments. So what happens is uh, the pre-production department would specifically have a storyboard artist and an assistant art director who'd be conceptualizing and working with the storyboard artist. Of course, then there are conflicts which happen when we are ideating. But the best way forward is to give them the leverage of coming with interesting ideas of executing. So if there's a pitch on, for example, a box, as simple as that, how could you tell a story about this box? So there would be five different perspectives. Those five different perspectives need kind of, you know, hearing about what the story is. And then we select and choose. I understand from all those five people what your stories are and why did you choose that story? And then I make them understand, okay, this is the story that we are going to go for because at the end of the day it's it is a commercial project so what would work best for the client and then eventually they do understand what was the perspective of choosing that particular idea and then at the same time having said that when the idea gets into the production process uh, there are conflicts that happen even later on so one has to constantly balance the conflict out in making the other person understand you know as human being we all have egos i mean the best approach is to let go of your own ego and understand how can you manage everybody's ego and balance it out.
0: You installed a 3D sculpture of Hanuman at festivals, at shopping malls, uh, where people were interacting with the image. You funded that that project on your own, isn't it?
1: This is one of my first initial projects. That's when I was understanding how we need to establish CDL as a brand. It was partially self-funded because before establishing my company, I was working in Canada. So I had savings to myself. And interestingly, the story behind the whole project was that there was actually a client on board. He had an audio track and he wanted me to convert that into a visual metaphor, but in an animated form. The song was sung by Mitha Bachchan and various other singers. My first uh, reaction to the project was that it's mythology. How much can you do with mythology? But then the thought came into Uh, My mind that, you know, why should I treat it as another project which is there in the market? Uh, So initially in the first two years, it was funded. But as it was taking off, because a project like that, which was 13 minutes and had about San in itself is 43 verses, but those 43 verses are non-linear. There is no story. It had about some crazy, you know, 40 environments and 22,000 characters. So there was a lot to create. So, while this whole process was happening, the producer somewhat started backing out. He loved the project, but he was not too committed to the project. India as a market is not tuned for short films. So... What really do well over here is feature films or documentaries that these are the formats which are more acceptable over here, unlike the West, where short films do very successful. Then the major challenge was if I'm funding a film all by myself, how do I go ahead and promote this into the market? Because a 13 minute film can't be sold. So that's where we did a complete market survey. We designed a strategy and the strategy was that let's launch the film along with a show. So the film itself was very new of its kind. It's timeless, it's very new, it's cutting edge in terms of technology, its visuals, all of it. But we thought let's curate a multi-sensorial show which is all connected to this film. So the film became the ground to germinate various... Of these seeds. There were various offshoots. There was a 25 uh, feet Hanuman sculpture made of bells. There were 3D printed figurines. I was really wanting to experiment with technology over here and also understand how much can we branch out further. We experimented with augmented reality. Uh, we had a AR enabled installation over there. We had uh, merchandise. There were books, there was an iPad application, uh, there was a cover, which was again, everything was larger than life. The cover was about 8 to eight to 10 feet in, uh, in width. And the reason was that if we house this multi-sensorial show at a public space, it will really create this chain reaction among the youngsters, among families wanting to reassociate themselves to mythology. Because the young audience today is really craving for that stimuli, They are looking for something very stimulating, something which is meaningful, uh, something which they can get attracted to, and they want active participation. It got us a lot of eyeballs. That one show did all the work for us. So from there, it started all. And that's how we understood from just one film, where all can we go?
0: And that has inspired you to do a lot of other projects in the area of retelling of stories. I mean, more recently, You've worked with the government on the 150 years of Mahatma. And I believe you're also doing something for the 550th year of Guru Nanak Dev Ji. These have two very sensitive issues involved. A, these superlative figures, plus also the government. What are the challenges in retelling of these stories, of these legends? And also, um, how easy or how difficult or what is the trick to work for government projects?
1: I've been quite sensitive towards all my projects that I undertake. Now, in the case of Mahatma Gandhi, knowing that, you know, you are looking into the history of a freedom fighter. We went through all the documents, the research, papers, everything, pictures, videos, to understand, you know, what could be the personality like the body movements, the body gestures, because you are creating a body double inside the computer software. So he needs, the character inside the software needs to be uh, lifelike of the actual human being. And that is a huge part, a huge deal, because if that's wrong, that would really uh, create a havoc in the project. So one of the points was this, and of course, understanding the brief from the client, over there, they wanted to spread the messages of Mahatma Gandhi. So we together we you know came up with the idea of hologram that okay let's house these films in a hologram let's have these films together this could be the message this could be the storyline there are certain uh i would say outline that you get from the client that okay we would want a film of um, 15 seconds each or 10 seconds each and you know the idea would be just talk about uh, sanitation perhaps or about his messages at the ashram. So in that scenario, then I would go back, read a lot, then create a storyboard for the ministry, for the client, all of them to understand. And then that becomes our baseline to create content. We understand what our restrictions are before getting too experimentative with it. So that particular bubble has to be there, even though one has to think out of the box. But when I say bubble, it means in regard to being sensitive similarly with nanaksha fakir project over there you know the brief is very clear that you cannot animate the guru so now how do you share a story without animating the lead character in this scenario of course uh, the visual look and feel has to be an exact replica of what's online so there is a certain picture which has been given to us and accordingly we'll create the childhood version the middle age and the older version and then in terms of experimentative nature or creativity, we explore with the backgrounds. We know that we cannot do anything with the personality. But let's dive deep into the backgrounds, the way the film would be shown or the miracles perhaps.
0: Out of a $32.6 billion entertainment market in India, animation and VFX is contributing only under $2 billion, which is also largely VFX driven. What are the key challenges in the industry which is not letting the ecosystem flourish? India as a market has always been a base
1: for outsource, you know, service work, which is coming in. So it's more like you have all these boutiques and studios, which are more like sweatshops, which are catering to the West at this point of time. So there's a lot of visual effects work, which is coming in. And they they are fantastically great at it. I would not uh, whatsoever compromise on the quality when it comes to the standards that they are uh, uh, revealing. Uh, The television shows that we are churning out is, again, for the outsourced market. It's for the West. So it's for the European market or Korean, but definitely not domestic. In that scenario, what happens is till the time you don't churn out content for the domestic market, this number is not going to rise up. So one has to significantly create more of content. So there are studios which are doing that. One of them is Toons Media. Then there is uh, Maya Cosmos. Uh, Then Green Gold, which is quite well known because of Chota Bheem's success. If you compare India and China, China completely changed the scenario when it started creating content for its domestic market. Animation in India is seen for... Children' entertainment. As a society, we assume that cartoons typically are meant for children and not family. So VFX, because it's used in Bollywood and used in uh, films which are catered to family, it's the consumption is much easier. And I mean, you've had Bahubali as a success story in terms of visual effects and Chota Bheem. So you can automatically see what the target audience was. Bahubali was oriented towards family. Chota Bheem is for children. So that's why, you know, VFX would, at this point of time, would always be higher compared to a uh, children's content.
0: When we go to the Frankfurter Messer or any other content fair abroad, Jarvi, we always see that there are lots of anime fans and big stalls and exhibits and people going crazy about stories of characters. I mean, be it Japan, Russia, US market or from Korea. Um, it's all booming. But in India, we kind of suffer from a lack of original IP or homegrown characters apart from, you know, you mentioned Chota Bheem and Bahubali, which are also basically two major stories in just the last decade. How does Indian animation industry position itself globally? What is the world view um, that is there on content from India? So India, at this point of time, there
1: are two ways of looking at it. India is seen as a culturally rich society with a lot of stories. But at the same time, it is also seen as um, a market where IPs are not being churned out. But rather than that, it's seen as a cheap labor market where people are wanting to outsource their work, whether it's television or visual effects or wire removal, uh, you name it. So there's a lot of work which has been outsourced over here because of cheap labor rates. So, um, and the reason specifically why it's not at a global level is because, again, because of lack of IPs. Till the time we do not create an IP with a complete global appeal, that, you know, that balance is not con- going to come in. It will not be recognized for its creativity. So, when it comes to creating IP in India, I mean, there are very few, if you could name. But um there are a lot of studios who are taking plunge to create IP content, and there could be a complete resurgence when it comes to animation filmmaking if this becomes a successful product. So there are companies like Graphic India. They are they have a pool of various comic books, and they are in wanting to reinterpret that into animated films and TV shows, which they are coming out in the market slowly and steadily. If that takes off, we see a complete change in the chapter. There are a lot of other studios. There are a lot of small team players as well. Uh, There are boutiques in Bombay. They are working on a lot of IPs. But it's all about right marketing strategy. It's a complete ecosystem.
0: A lot of visual content or films or short films or uh, streaming media is being developed based on books, based on already successful stories which are Dear to the public, so the imagery of that comes quite naturally to public. The adoption rate is quite high. Do you think there are other challenges in the system which is hindering this adaptation, this transition? Maybe dearth of great animators or risk aversion.
1: I'm really glad, Prashen, that you you know you have brought this out. So there are a lot of challenges which are there in the industry at this point of time. Um unlike Canada or Poland or uh, various other countries, you know, you have government supporting the nurturing of the talent, the profession. So in Canada, for example, you get tax benefit when it comes to animation filmmaking. Besides that, you know, it's lack of education, which is one of the biggest hindrance. You have a lot of academies around the corner. I mean, uh, you name it, all the metropolitan cities have all the academies possible But none of them are teaching or filtering out the right courses. So even when it comes to the faculty, which is there, you know, uh, well, I don't want to sound so negative about the academies. But the fact remains, the teaching course itself, the academies are not doing justice to the students which are coming out. So the whole circle starts, you know, debating because end of the day, till the time you don't have the right people coming out of these academies and getting absorbed in the studio, you won't have the right uh, content being developed. End of the day, animation is an art form. It requires creativity. If the students who are not tuned with their drawing skills or compositions, you know, color thematic, if they are not aware or sensitive towards these areas, but are getting trained to operate a tool, then for a studio, they're just tool operators. They're not really artists who are working on a project, on a creative project, which requires a lot of creativity, a lot of artistically understanding. The other problem is software and hardware. I mean, when it comes to software, whatever softwares that we are using is again uh, something which has been developed in U.S., I mean, they aren't, IT sector is huge in India, but there's nobody who's developing animation softwares. There's, of course, you know, import duty, everything, there's taxes, all of that combined together. For a studio, it becomes a huge challenge for them to absorb that software. So if we are able to start developing uh, technology in India itself so that AI becomes in tune with what our requirement is to what we are doing now currently. We're adopting what AI is being developed outside India. So that's another challenge. And fourth, I would say, is retaining the
0: talent. Would you like to list out a few growth areas which you see for the Indian animators?
1: India as a market, as a society, is going through a cultural revolution. With government being supportive in terms of pushing, you know, museums, wanting to push education to a certain extent, So, there is support which is coming in, I would say. So, there is a resurgence that we are seeing, of course. So, there are multiple ways to channelize the same thing. I mean, considering there are cultural museums popping up in every state. So... All those museums would require content, whether it's based on mythology or based on a historical leader, or perhaps it's based on the ethos of that particular space, whether it's the cultural space that they're trying to showcase. Everything requires narrative. Everything requires storytelling. And animation becomes the best medium of storytelling. You are translating those words into a visual medium altogether. So and that particular visual medium itself has a lot of offshoots, so it could be utilized as 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 an app as an interactive uh, display system a hologram or you create multiple content it becomes a huge universe and besides that the other spaces where animation currently is being used and is increasingly be getting used as healthcare and training virtual reality as a space again because animation is again a part of vr vr is another medium so that medium is being used in training facilities it's used for experiences so it covers the training factor, kind of helping with various disorders when it comes to various um, health-related issues. So that's another space. Then at the same time, uh, I would say people are plunging in and wanting to have a multimedia experience. So you have multi, uh, multi-sensorial shows.
0: How this interaction between the animation and the content industry uh, in terms of education can be fostered, can be grown because this seems to be an area which could develop into something.
1: Uh, very rightly said, scanning a QR code and having a character come alive. So that's an augmented reality activity. So I feel AR at this point of time is still too young for a for a younger age group. Considering if you see it from a child's perspective, I would say that kind of an activity is still far too fetched. Uh, it would do fabulously well if it was a European market or a US market, which are more uh, aligned to such technology. But over here, I would still say we are a bit, you know, behind when it comes to absorbing AR. Animation is being used in education for sure. I mean, if you look at um, science or history books and everything, all of these are getting translated into some sort of animated videos whether it's medical illustrations, uh, medical animations, uh, because at the end of the day, it becomes very easier for a student to understand visually.
0: How can the two players from the book industry and from the animation industry participate more closely to create IPs that can be given out?
1: So, Prashasti, in my opinion, the best way forward for something of this nature would be if the content creator along with the publisher goes hand in hand. So, if the publisher recognizes a book that can be converted into an animated film and various other offshoots, a book, uh, a graphical book, which is AR enabled perhaps. So, when they go and Hand in hand, the co-partner studio can create a character bible, so it becomes a pitch bible, which could be done in a span of two to three months. Then both the parties can go to various forums like MIP Junior, MIPCOM, Annecy, where you have uh, the buyers and the uh, the sellers where they meet together. You go there together, you pitch the content, and you get the investment in. But of course, it's both investment together in a way to start with the publisher has to give the license to the co-partner, the animation studio that, OK, I'm giving you the license to create and the animation studio invests their own resources in creating and ideating from there. Considering if you would want to, you know, have this absorbed in the education system or for the children to experience it. Then there are various verticals to it, various collaterals. For example, you know, uh, the same characters can play around with uh, a board game, uh, a coding language, where the characters teach you about coding or they teach you about various science games. So it can start small where they get to see how their own students are reacting to the product. And then from there, it can go to various directions.
0: That's the learning flow. That's the
1: learning flow. Kind of
0: putting one story out there and making and storifying it into other formats of learning. Yes. I mean, I remember there was this example from Germany, Fritz and Chester. The other flow that is coming in very prominently for animation is OTT. Correct. Um, What are the synergies that you as a creator see there? so i feel there's a
1: huge opportunity right there i mean there are multiple platforms coming up uh, geo studios by reliance is wanting to fund an ips i mean netflix is doing so and it's not about just funding to one distributor getting the funds then you have multiple distributors right there so they are heavily looking for content which is entertaining new age um, they're open to animation as well hotstar is quite open to animation So I feel at this point of time, there's a huge opportunity to come up with some new ideas and not just stick to mythology at this point of time, but, you know, come up with historical figures, history um, or contemporary stories and start narrating those to the the, uh, children and family, of course. There could be a lot of family entertainment. So Netflix is housing a lot of animated content, which is meant for adults as well. So maybe with slow uh, penetration itself, if you have a mix of right uh, ingredients in terms of the storytelling, you could have a very interesting TV show, uh, you know, like a Games of Thrones perhaps, but for the Indian audience, why not? We should probably do that. Right now, the shows which are heavily, television shows which are heavily dependent on VFX are again mythology. So nobody's really thinking out of the box, which they should be. Because, again, there are just so many folklores. I mean, even if we don't look at mythology for the time being, there are a lot of folklores. Amar There is tons of content right there. It's all about translating them and just using the medium correctly.
0: And you've been now for over a decade in the industry.
1: Uh, more than a decade, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, sure there really are lots,
0: I'm sure there are lots of valuable lessons that we can use as a closing note um, on how to build a creative organization that is sustainable. So
1: I would say, you know, building an organization and uh, remaining true to your profession, it all boils down to Three, four, you know, pointers. One of them is one has to be quite dedicated to your passion. So if you're passionate about one profession, just stick to it. And it's, there's a lot of hard work which requires. So you, if you're constantly putting that hard work in that particular uh, medium, it can take you really long. And secondly, it's about taking risk. Uh, A creative field, irrespective of what Creativity, it is, it could be, you know, music, dance, anything. You require to be a risk taker. So, risk taking is one of the most crucial things that I feel worked in my case because I kept taking risks with various projects and thankfully they paid off. And um, thirdly, I would say thinking out of the box. So, you have to constantly push your boundaries you know, create something new, create something exciting that people can talk about. So definitely, yes, these three things.
0: The animation industry today is a very important part of filmmaking, looking at examples like The Lord of the Rings, Avatar, Frozen, Bahubali and many more. The total value of global animation industry is projected to reach 270 billion US dollars by 2020. The traditional form of content viewership is giving way to a sharp increase in streaming video consumption. The size of streaming market for animation content was 2.9 billion dollars in 2018 and is growing at an annual rate of 8%. If you'd like to connect with Charuvi, please do visit her website cdl.tv for more information. Also coming up is Jumpstart, the Congress of Content Creators in Mumbai and Delhi organized by the German Book Office. It's where the best minds from film, television, and publishing will come together to ideate and collaborate on some of the ideas that we talked about in this series of our podcast. Log on to www.jumpstartfest.com to join the gang. Thank you, Charuvi, for your time. Thank you, Prashasti. It's been a pleasure. Do watch GBO New Delhi's Instagram page and website.